Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord, we come into your house this morning and quiet our hearts. For some it's been a really long week. For some a very difficult week. For some, Lord, we have seen victory in our lives. And we thank you for each and every one of those things. Lord, we come upon to you this morning looking for an opportunity to worship. Looking for ways, Lord, where we can hear your voice and see your face. and Understand you maybe a little more deeply today than we did yesterday. Lord, we thank you for your word. And I ask this morning that you open our eyes to begin to see what that widow saw and to feel what that widow felt and to hear the voices as she gave her two mites. Lord, I pray as we hear this passage this morning that it opens up a new understanding, a new view. Your view that you'd have us to see and to hear and to understand. Help us to be faithful and willing. Willing, Lord, to give in return for what you have given us. Remind us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning's passage is only three verses, four verses, sorry, I have trouble counting. But I want you to, uh, as I read this, I want you to think about being the widow, being the widow who came up to put her offering in some bucket. being watched by people around her. People before her and after her dumping piles of coins in. Jesus sitting on the other side watching everything going on. I just wonder how this widow felt. Let me read it to you. Mark chapter 12 Verse 41 through 44. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. May God add his blessing as we continue singing this morning. 
Lord, that that would be our prayer this morning. That we would step away from the things of this world, even for just a moment, and be able to hear you and see you and sense you in our lives. Lord, to be reminded of what you want for us and what is best for us as followers. As we look at your word, I pray that it comes alive, not because it needs to come alive, but rather because it's important for us, Lord, to make our faith alive, to be real and practical and life-changing. So Lord, even now I ask that you would open us, that we would hear your voice and see your face. In your name we pray. Amen. Maybe seated. Unless you're a children and then you're supposed to church. Kenny's not going, he said. Not today. There's like a herd in the in the balcony. That's pretty impressive. I, I bet twenty of them I bet twenty left up there. There's about twenty more, and about half of them are kids too, so good morning. Good morning, Lauren. <laughs> I see that. It's good to have you in the house of the Lord this morning. And I want to uh, encourage you that, and remind you that uh, this is the second week we are talking about tithing. Uh, and if you didn't hear last week, I just want to preface this um, by saying that uh, in the 15 years that I have been involved at Greenfield, I have not heard a sermon on tithing. Um, and I think the church, I asked the, the deacons and deaconesses earlier in the summer about uh, doing this, um, not because there's an issue financially at Greenfield, but rather from the other perspective, it's a healthy discipline that Greenfield uh, has done very well with, but we have a whole generation of young people who are now adults um, and haven't heard about this discipline of tithing and, and I felt like it was important, it is important for us uh, as a church to continue to share the disciplines that God has given us uh, and help us to understand how to live our life uh, in the right perspective. And so that's why we talk about tithing. We talked about it last week. We'll talk about it again this week. And then one more week um, will be next, whatever it is, next week, the 23rd, 24th. Anyway. I have a question before we get started. We only read three verses, so there wasn't a lot of verses there to get a lot of information. But how do you think the widow might have felt as she was walking into the temple to give her tithe? Humble? Small? Small? Maybe invisible? Maybe. How else? Afraid? Thankful? I didn't catch that. Lonely. Okay. Somebody up here. I heard. What was that? Trustworthy. Okay. Giving? I wouldn't pick. 
Obedient, okay. I'm still looking for a word. No one's said it. I'm so nervous. Embarrassed. Who said embarrassed? You win the prize, Michelle. <laughs> that was the word I was looking for, right? My sense is that there was some embarrassment. Now think about this just for a minute. Now I've had two pennies in my hand all week. I put them on my desk Monday and I, I thought every time I'm going to work on my sermon, I'm going to have those in front of me to remind me. Well, let's just think about, uh, there, there wasn't much for like paper money, right? Because back then it was, uh, the coins were made of precious metal. And so when you walked up to put this in, Twelve. The widow's might would have sounded really pretty weak, right? And she knew, unless she put some extra rocks in her pocket to throw in there, that her coins, and we don't think much about it, right? Because we pay with a debit card. We throw a $20 bill in there. It doesn't make a noise. But back then... What happened? To, what, who, what were the people before her and after do, her doing? They were dumping in a ton of money. They probably had a sack, right? They probably had a sack full of money. Some kind of container, a wallet of some sorts. They probably had to open it, you know. And it was, it was like, a, like going to the casino, right? Right? And she knew going, when she was going to walk in there, that she only had two small mites. And when she threw them in there, they would barely make a noise. She probably threw them hard enough to make sure people actually heard it. Think about that for a moment. It was anything but showy, right? She probably would have been better off accidentally passing by and going to the bathroom. Right? Oh, there's the restroom. And yet she took her two mites and she put everything she had in that offering plate. Why? Why? I, I think she understood this better than most of us. A tithe of everything from the land where grain, whether grain, I can't read it, man, my eyes are like, just understand this, it all belongs to the Lord. I thought it would be bigger. We've been talking about tithing our life as well, right? Tithing the gifts that God has given us. Giving, tithing the things that are important. Tithing the stuff that God has offered to us. I want to clear up one thing that uh, I didn't really do a good job clearing up last week. Understand that the Old Testament law, the Old Testament uh, mandate was a tithe was a tenth, 10%. All right? That's not in the New Testament. You need to understand that. If you go to the New Testament, it doesn't say give your tenth or your tithe. You know what it says? Give it all. It's bigger than a tenth. Just so you understand that, I don't want to be legalistic and say, if, I, I actually read an article that says if you, don't, if you give 9.5%, it's not a tithe. Because it's not a tenth. It's pretty legalistic and pretty like, rigid about the percentage number. God gave us that percentage, I think, obviously for a good reason. Uh, 
it helps us to squirm from squirming and trying to, uh, it gives us a, a good level. But understand that the New Testament is a little even harder. And this, morning, this morning's passage talks about uh, the challenge of what's going on. The challenge of tithing and why it's important. And as I was reading this passage, and, and I was thinking about the widow's willingness, how willing she was to give everything she had left. Her worldly treasure she gave. I had to ask myself this question. And actually, this ser- the whole sermon is three questions that really altered and cha- challenged my life this week. And the first one was this. What alters my actions? Did you catch? What alters my actions in this life? What alters my actions in how much I put in an offering plate or how much I give or whether I come to work day or whether I... Um, volunteer to make cookies for something, or whether I show up to take the garbage out because the garbage lady isn't able to be here this week, or I cut trees in the week when no one is here. What alters my actions for God? Did you see what happens in this passage? Jesus is sitting on a stool, a stall, he's doing something, but he's watching people put money in the treasury in some kind of piece of equipment, a cup, a bowl, whatever it is. It says, Jesus whoops, Jesus sat down opposite of the place where the offerings were being put, and he watched the crowd putting money into the temple treasury. He was sitting there, people watching. What alters your activities? Is when someone watching it a whole lot easier to put in an extra 20 than if no one's watching? So here's what's going on. The widow drops her two mites in there. Jesus, now this is an old picture, and you can, Jesus is glowing, right? That's pretty old school. Uh, but I thought the picture was great because it shows Jesus and the disciples uh, just watching what's going on, and the Pharisees are uh, getting ready to dump their piles in. And Jesus is watching this widow drop her two mites in while the Pharisees are getting ready to open their their container and dump. And I can't help but ask myself, would they have dumped as much in there had Jesus not been watching? Would you dump as much in there? Or would you dump more in there if you knew Jesus was watching? What alters your actions? What is it that you are motivated by? Looking important in front of someone? Looking rich in front of someone? I I can't help but think this woman with two mites, she gave everything she had. It was still nothing. Her attitude was, I will just give what I have to give. And Jesus uses it as an example to teach his disciples. There's this woman on one side and these Pharisees on the other. 
And from the world's view, it's easy, is it not? From the world's view, it's really easy to see that this $50 bill is a whole lot more than this two cents. That's easy for you and I to see. Jesus says this, this was so much more than this. I think the challenge of tithing is what motivates our actions. One of my favorite things about this church and the way it's designed and uh, that it's been set up uh, via constitution, people long before me, is this. I have no clue what anyone gives at this church except me. If you didn't know that, now you're off the hook, right? I have no clue. I never, ever look at that. I have not ever seen what people give. The only person that I know who what they give is me. I don't go through the thing and say, oh, look, top 10 people. We don't do that. <laughs> and I love that piece about working here, about being a part of this. I love that piece because I have no idea who gives what or where and how much or when. I don't know. We, we have people in place and they do a great job and they keep it confidential and it's, it's awesome. Why do I love that? Maybe because I would uh, inadvertently, it would, might alter my actions, would it not? It might alter the way I treat people inadvertently. Not that I would do that on purpose, but it might change the way I treat certain people. And I don't want it to be that way because that's not the way God set it up. And so I'll ask you, when you see someone who is less than clean or smells less than perfume, who drives a car that's less then perfect. Do those things alter the way you see them? It's a good question. The second question I have for you today is how do I feel when I give to God? How do I feel when I give to God? Remember, this this poor woman, widow, put in two small copper coins, of which Brentley let me borrow his mite. He has a widow's mite. I can't, I'll let you see it if you ask me. Yeah, some guys. Some guys' kids. (laughs) She's only got one mite left. If you look at it, it's like super small, barely like a, a little drop of what looks like a piece of uh, copper, you know, just like one drop of copper. It's not even, it's pretty cool. What she gave was everything she had. How do you feel when you give to God? And I I think this is where we, we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be honest with ourselves and ask ourselves this question. How do I feel when I'm giving to God? Do I feel the least bit resentful? Do I feel like it's hard for it to roll off my fingers? Am I excited to give to God? 
I think the challenge for us is to be honest with where we're at. Again, it didn't matter what it was given, but rather it was given with what was the attitude in which it was given. And I think sometimes we, we lie to ourselves. Well, of course I'm a good Christian, so I have to be the green guy on the right. Right? I'm so stinking excited, I'd throw my whole checkbook in there. When the reality is, we might be over here more to the left. And if we are, then we have to ask ourselves, why? And that's really kind of hard to ask, is it not? If I ask myself, why am I a little bit further to the left? Then I have to ask myself, why is, am I making God, money, my God? Why am I struggling to do what, people, what needs to be done? Why am I struggling to give of my time and talent? The gifts God has given me, the abilities he's put on my heart. Those are hard questions that aren't so easy to, to talk about. Remember Matthew 19, 16 through 28, if you want to read the, uh, the story about the rich young ruler. It's a great reminder, a great reminder. This young man, the rich young ruler, comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, of course, starts the conversation by the Ten Commandments, right? <laughs> do, the, do these things. Oh, and, and the young ruler, rich young ruler says, I've already done all those things. I've done what the law requires me. So Jesus hits him right between the eyes. Take everything. Everything you have. And get rid of it for the gospel. If you want eternal life, you need to put all those things second. And this is what happens. When the rich young ruler heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. What Jesus wasn't asking him to give everything he had away. What he was asking was to take those things off the throne. To be willing to give those things away. To put Jesus first above all else. And Jesus responded, tells his disciples, I tell you the truth, it's hard for, hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Harder than it is for a camel to, uh, to go through the eye of a needle. How hard do you think it would be for a camel to go through an eye of a needle? Anybody want to try? I'm not trying either. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a we have a mule across the street if you want to try that. It's not as big as a camel, doesn't but we could try it, Ken. And the third question I have for you this morning is how do I get more concerned about my attitude than the amount? How do I get con more concerned about my attitude than how much I'm putting in? Cuz somehow 
My pocket's stuck. These are the same. Somehow these are the same. In the world of Jesus, these are the same. You know why? Because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. This is no more or less than this to him. He owns it all. When you have everything, they are the same. In our minds, we think, here, I'll give you two cents. My wife needs coffee money, Tim Horton's money. I'll give you the two cents. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll put the, I know, and I'll, I'll put this in my back pocket. Maybe I'll give her the 50. All right, fine. And this is what Jesus told them. For they all put in out of their abundance. That $50 was nothing to someone who has millions. Chump change. She put in everything she had. Everything. I found this quote, and it's interesting to me. I'll just leave it there for a minute. Where money is an idol, to be poor is a sin. And when I read it, I had to, I had to read it a couple times. And I had to ask myself this question. Do I treat people who are poor differently than people who have lots of money? Is there a difference in my mind. Remember when I said sometimes people smell? Some people's clothes are all chewed up. I'm quick to say, well, obviously they didn't do the things they needed to do. Obviously they don't have the job they need to have. Obviously if they would just be responsible. Obviously, obviously, obviously. I'm quick to judge. Scripture reminds us that where our, tre our treasure is, our heart will be. Where our treasure is, our heart will be. It's already there. I challenge you to ask yourself what your treasure is by looking at your heart and seeing where it's at. Are you storing up your treasures for heaven? Or are you storing up your treasures where moth and rust will destroy? A good friend says, you know, one day it's all going to burn. It's all going to burn. If your heart, if your treasure is heaven and eternity, then your heart will be pointed that way. Not only in tithing, but in giving of yourself, of sharing the gospel, of treating people uh, like God has created them and who loves them. That's where your heart will be. Jesus didn't come to the earth to take care of his financial problems. In fact, he says, if you want to follow me, um, you're going to have to give it all up. 
It's going to have to be least important in your life. So foxes have dens. There are pla- people have a place to lay their head. I don't even have a place to lay my head. And if you're going to follow me, carry your cross. Pick up your cross and let's go. His perspective on life was so different than ours on trying to squirrel things away. A great conversation this week with someone about talking about uh, are we called to give everything away and live in the woods in a tent? No, I don't believe we're called to live in a tent. We'd freeze to death here. The reality is, though, our attitude should be that of if it's if I have it and you can you need it, then let me try to meet your need. Let me show you God's love by trying to meet your need. To help. Let me give you what I have. See, and if I'm honest with myself, and you're honest with yourself, sometimes we're willing to give 10. We might be willing to give 20. If it's our family, we might give 30%. But we expect Jesus to give his 100. He did give his 100%. It's pause for questions. What alters my actions in this life? How do I feel when I'm giving to God? Don't miss that. How am I feeling when I'm giving to God? When I, when I feel like I have the opportunity to give to God, how do I feel about that? And if I don't feel great about it, then I have some soul searching to do. I have to ask myself why. Because an unexamined faith isn't much of a faith at all. And if it's a struggle to give things to God that are his in the first place, then you have to ask yourself, what am I making most important? And finally, how do I get more concerned about my attitude in giving than the amount that I'm giving. Let's pray. Lord God, you gave 100%. You gave your life so that we might have eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for, for showing us the way. Like the widow who gave her all, you gave your all. Lord, for those of us who struggle, who hold tight to the things we have, who find it difficult to be faithful. Lord, help us. Help us to grow. Stretch us in those areas. Help us to realize that you're not asking for our money. You're asking for our heart. And then a sold-out heart for you is a valuable tool that you will use to draw other people. Lord, help us to be faithful followers. In your name we pray. Amen.